Wells Fargo and Company fired more than 100 employees suspected of improperly collecting the C-word relief funds, according to a person with knowledge of the situation. And of course, you know it's Wells Fargo, so you know that this sort of thing where their employees tend to do something kind of, sort of, definitely illegal tends to happen. So the firm determined that the staffers defrauded the Small Business Administration by making false representations and applying for C-word relief funds for themselves, according to an internal memo, memo reviewed by Bloomberg. The review focused on employees who tapped the Economic Injury Disaster Loan Program, the EIDL loan program, a key part of the government's effort to prop up businesses during the pandemic. We have terminated the employment of those individuals and will cooperate fully with law enforcement. David Galoris, Galoris, Wells Fargo's head of human resources, said in the memo, "These wrongful actions were personal actions and do not involve our customers." While it's possible for employees at large companies to legitimately tap U.S. aid for businesses they operate on the side. Wells Fargo's findings add to evidence the program was widely abused, with little sign such activity was limited to bankers. Unlike other employers, banks can check whether staff had aid deposited into their accounts. An earlier review by J.P. Morgan Chase and Co. found that more than 500 employees tapped the EIDL program. And that dozens did so improperly, basically clapping cheeks without putting a rubber on. The SBA urged banks to look out for suspicious deposits from the program to their customers and even their own staff. While the program offers loans to businesses, much of the concern has focused on its advances of as much as ten thousand dollars that don't have to be repaid. A Bloomberg Businessweek analysis of SBA data in August identified at least 1.3 billion dollars in suspicious payments. The SBA urgently expanded the EIDL program earlier this year as shutdowns to fight the virus left small business desperate for cash lifelines, and the agency's Inspector General has since flagged evidence of fraud in the program, saying it identified more than two hundred and fifty million dollars in aid given to potentially ineligible recipients, as well as forty-five point six million dollars in possibly duplicate payments. Wells Fargo will continue to look into these matters. Galoris wrote, "If we identify additional wrongdoing by employees, we will take appropriate action." Chief Executive Officer Charlie Scharf joined Wells Fargo last October with a mandate to clean up the firm and bolster controls after years of scandals. Earlier this year, he told lawmakers he's brought a sense of urgency that is very different than the bank's past efforts to address lapses. The bank's memo Wednesday said that it has zero tolerance for fraudulent behavior. Between 100 and 125 people were terminated. The person with knowledge of the matter said, asking not to be identified, discussing an internal review. Unlike the government's Paycheck Protection Program, in which banks served as intermediaries, EIDL funds came directly from the SBA. The agency has said it has stringent fraud protection safeguards, and that it had been under pressure to move. 
the money quickly as the economic impact of the seaward pandemic bit into the U.S. economy. And Starbucks on Wednesday released an internal report on the diversity of its employees while setting a new goals for minority representation among its corporate operations. So basically now this is going to be a situation where Starbucks, right, is going to be basically going woke, like full on woke, right? With basically, you know, those pants that basically have, you know, nothing on it on the back. Yeah, full woke. Currently, the coffee giant's workforce in the U.S. is nearly 70% women, with 47% of employees identifying as black, indigenous, and people of color. However, the diversity of the workforce significantly declines among Starbucks corporate employees, just 3.7% of whom identified as black and 7.4% identified as Latino. The company announced that by 2025, it hopes to have 30% minority representation at all corporate levels and 40% at all retail and manufacturing roles. We know that a more inclusive environment will create a flywheel that leads to greater diversity and thereby greater equity and opportunity for all, CEO Kevin Johnson said in a statement. Today, we are outlining additional actions we will take on our journey each of the actions lines up with our missions and values, and so we know that they are not just fleeting initiatives, but rather woven into the fabric of Starbucks, Johnson said. One of the actions outlined by Johnson is a mentorship program that connects minority employees with senior executives at the company. Additionally, the upper echelon of Starbucks, senior management, vice president or above, will be required to complete anti-bias training, which... To me, seems kind of odd. The company's workforce diversity reports will also continue. Another initiative is an investment of $1.5 million for neighborhood grants, as well as $5 million that will go to nonprofits that support minority youth. Now, I like these two kind of like initiatives. They're pretty cool. I mean, there's nothing wrong with trying to help a local community, especially one that might not be doing so well. So I think that's pretty nice. But they are definitely getting pretty woke, right? And it's kind of odd that a company is saying like, oh, do we have enough Latinos? Oh, do we have enough blacks? Oh, do we have enough Asians? Although they don't really probably care about Asians. So it's just, it's, it's really odd when you really think about it. So these grants aim to uplift organizations led by and that serve black communities and will support nearly 400 local nonprofit organizations across the country. Johnson said. And today, this is a pretty big thing, which I wanted to get this out pretty quick. The U.S. Food and Drug Administration approved NMAZE-B, right, which is I-N-M-A-Z-E-B, and MAZE-B, NMAZE-B, whatever it is. And basically, it is a mixture of three monoclonal antibodies as the first FDA-approved treatment for Zerebel virus or Ebola virus, infection in adult and pediatric patients. So today's action demonstrates the FDA's ongoing commitment to responding to public health threats, both domestically and abroad, on the basis of science and data, said FDA Commissioner Stephen M. Hahn, MD, and this approval was made possible because of our steadfast dedication to facilitate the development of safe and effective treatments for infectious diseases as part of our vital public health mission. Zer Ebola virus, or Ebola virus, right? 
is one of four Ebola virus species that can cause a potentially fatal human disease. Ebola virus is transmitted through direct contact with blood, body fluids, and tissues of infected people or wild animals, as well as with surfaces and materials such as bedding and clothing. Contaminated with these fluids, individuals who provide care for people with Ebola virus, including healthcare workers, who do not use correct infection control precautions, are at highest risk for infection. It must be targets the glycoprotein that is on the surface of Ebola virus. Glycoprotein attaches to the cell receptor and fuses the viral and host cell membranes, allowing the virus to enter the cell. The three antibodies that make up Ms. B can bind to this glycoprotein simultaneously and block attachment and entry of the virus. Ms. B was evaluated in 382 adult and pediatric patients with confirmed zero Ebola virus infection in one clinical trial, the PALM trial, P-A-L-M, all caps. And as part of an expanded access program conducted in the Democratic Republic of the Congo, the DRC, during an Ebola virus outbreak in 2018 to 2019. Now, also, if you remember, Ebola was a very serious outbreak that was very, very fatal for people who actually got it, and it was so bad that basically people were quarantined. They were just straight up quarantined right off the bat, like when it like basically came out. Like it was bad. Right, and if this was basically if the C word right that we're dealing with now was anything close to Ebola, we would be dealing with a whole different thing. So the Palm trial was led by the U.S. National Institutes of Health and the DRC's Institute National D Research Biomedical, with contributions from several other international organizations and agencies. Today's approval highlights the importance of international collaboration in the fight against Ebola virus," said John Farley, MD/MPH director of the Office of Infectious Diseases in the FDA's Center for Drug Evaluation and Research. The urgent need for advanced therapies to combat this infectious disease is clear, and today's action is a significant step forward in that effort. In the Palm trial, the safety and efficacy of Nmasb was evaluated in a multi-center, open-label, randomized controlled trial in which 154 patients received Nmasb, 50 milligrams of each monoclonal antibody intravenously as a single infusion, and 168 patients received an investigational control. The primary efficacy endpoint was 28-day mortality. The primary analysis population was all patients who were randomized and concurrently eligible to receive either Nmasb or the investigational control during the same time period of the trial. Of the 154 patients who received Nmasb, 33.8% died after 28 days, compared to 51% of the 153 patients who received a control. In the expanded access program, an additional 228 patients received Nmasb. The most common symptoms experienced while receiving Nmasb included fever, chills, tachycardia, which is fast heart rate, tachypnea, fast breathing, vomiting, and however, these are also common symptoms of already the Ebola virus infection. Patients who receive Nmasb should avoid the concurrent administration of a live vaccine due to the treatment's potential to inhibit replication of a live vaccine virus. Indicated for prevention of Ebola virus infection and possibly reduce the vaccine's efficacy. Hypersensitivity, including infusion-related events, can occur in patients taking Nmasb, and treatment should be 
discontinued in the event of a hypersensitivity reaction. It must be received an orphan drug designation for the treatment of Ebola virus infection. The orphan drug designation provides incentives to assist and encourage drug development for rare diseases. Additionally, the agency granted it must be a breakthrough therapy designation for the treatment of Zaire Ebola virus infection. The FDA is granting the approval to Regeneron Pharmaceuticals. The FDA approved ERVBO, E-R-V-E BO, the first vaccine for the prevention of Ebola virus disease in December 2019 with support from a study conducted in Guinea during the 2014 to 2016 Ebola outbreak. The FDA, an agency within the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, protects the public health by assuring the safety, effectiveness, and security of human and veterinary drugs, vaccines, and other biological products for human use and medical devices. The agency also is responsible for the safety and security of our nation's food supply, cosmetics, dietary supplements, products that give off electronic radiation, and for regulating tobacco products. Check out fortinbox.com to master your money. Personal finance lessons and courses. Want to make money online? Learn the four steps to make money online in the description of this episode. Feel free to give your thoughts on anything that was covered in this episode. I just wanted to get this kind of out because I think the whole Ebola thing was actually a really interesting thing. Like, I mean, that's kind of big when you really think about it, even though we're dealing with the C word right now. And the whole Wells Fargo thing is kind of typical at this point dealing with Wells Fargo because they've had so much history of basically doing shady stuff, right? Like employees of Wells Fargo has been continuously doing stuff over the years that are just shady. 